Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome everybody to Extreme Common Sense. So pretty cool news this week, Ray. As you already know, we've got our second sponsor. Oh, very, very true. Very true. I'm so happy about this sponsor and I couldn't be happier about Bad Wolf Gaming because they're our first sponsor. The the reason the second sponsor, I think, means something to me personally, and I, I think you as well, Aaron came in and did the last show with Berea Pond. Right. And actually said he wouldn't mind sponsoring the show. Now, the cool thing about that is, is we bring Aaron in, not as a foil, because I don't think that's what the show's about, but to certainly see a different point of view than what we have. Definitely not a foil, no. No. So, certainly a smart guy comes in with a different set of, you know, just a different set of life experiences, different set of views than you and I. Well, I texted my brother just the other day, Tristan, and I said, you know, we've had shows where, you know, we've had shows that were fun. We talked about celebrities last week, and we talked about Dungeons and Dragons with Dan from Bad Wolf Gaming. But what we've tried to do is find some middle ground. I said we had an African-American political activist named named Dave on the show, and we had a Trump voting right-wing registered gun dealer in Aaron on the show and want to hear from both of them, man. Neither one's a foil really want to hear what both have to say. And I learned when Aaron was in here, there were things about gun registration and licensing. I did not know till he sat down with us. Yeah. And that's how you learn, right? Listening to somebody else. For that's God's it. Sakes. And that's what I think society, certainly in America right now is missing so much of it. It's just, Christ. let's find a little bit more of what we have in common, but what we don't. But my point with Aaron sponsoring the show is, I think it would be easy for somebody to come in that votes a little bit closer to the way we do that would say, oh, I like what you're doing. For us. Right. Yeah. But Aaron votes different than we do, but likes also the idea of coming in. And that's cool. And have bringing people together and having right. this conversation. So no, so that meant a lot to me that he doesn't always vote like I do, but still said I, he likes the work that we're doing here. And, so, it's, and if you think about this, <laughs> we've got our two sponsors, Bad Wolf. Dan is pretty much apolitical. Nasa, very active politically, and she's a lefty. Dan's wife, yeah. Dan's I wife. I didn't know that about Nasa. Yeah, oh yeah, okay. yeah. I, I want to get her in here to talk about how growing up in the eastern Kentucky foothills in Estill County, uh, urban Kentucky, how she wound up as progressive as she is. And she's a little hesitant because she's like, you know, mom and dad may listen. And right. It's like, no, no, it's cool. We'll just kind of put it out there. But I, I, I'm interested in that. So pretty left-leaning sponsor and Aaron, a pretty right-leaning sponsor. What more can you ask for? That's, That's perfect. Great. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I guess before we get started, so we will give a more official shout out to our sponsors, Bad Wolf Gaming in Berea, also uh, Berea Pond in Berea. Makes sense. That's a lot of Berea things in Berea. <laughs> you are from the redundancy of de- uh, the, the Department, of, Department, of, Department? Department of Redundancy Department. <laughs> so, um, and Bad Wolf Gaming, you can check them out. Give them a call at 859-646-6061. They're on Chestnut Street. You got to stop in there and check them out. It's a really cool gaming place. A lot of magic, Yu-Gi-Oh! A lot of things I don't know about, but I hope to get in there with you, Ray, and play some Dungeons & Dragons soon and create a character going to be a lot of fun you still putting the baseball card feeler in there for man, daniel every time i talk to dan yeah, come man, on man baseball give me some sports cards, cards. Yeah. absolutely yeah no that would be my excuse to drop it and blow 30 bucks a week so. <laughs> but uh, berea pond uh, 107 clay drive if you're from berea they're the old in the old iga building and it's a it's 
pawn shop, but it's not a pawn shop. Like, yes, you can go in there and do your normal pawn stuff. But to me, it's like what Big Lots was originally meant to be, like this pallet store with closeouts, and there's just this rotating stock every week from furniture to bedding, all kinds of really cool stuff. Which makes it very cool to go in because you're always seeing new stuff. Exactly. So, yeah, there's new pallets every week. And, I mean, literally, man, my whole garage is different stuff that I've bought at (laughs) Berea Pond. So, yeah, I mean, it's like the perfect – if you're a picker, if you're just a guy on Saturday, a guy and his wife doesn't have much to do and you're looking for something, you know, go kill some time, check out Berea Pond at 107 Clay Drive in Berea. Uh, Of course, they've got guns. Of course, they've got ammo. Of course, they'll pawn. Of course, you can buy their stuff from pawn. Once I guess once the pawn has expired, but man, it's so much more than that. So you really got to check that out. One hundred seven Clay Drive. We're giving them a call at nine eight six three zero eight one or play Dungeons and Dragons at Maria Pond. Yes, with Bad Wolf Gaming. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. And the next time Aaron's on, we're gonna forego the gun conversation and talk literally about the pawn business because that's fascinating too. And how long he's been in it was a family business. I don't think so. Oh, he he got I into think it. He started but just because what made me think of it when you said once the pawn expires, like explain all that and how that game works because it's as old as America. Yeah, it's as old as people, I reckon, because it's it's barter essentially, right? You know, and I bet, and we've only you know I've probably only asked Darren to tell me a few, but man, do I bet he's got some crazy oh, you stories? Know he does. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> you know he does. Maybe not yeah. everyone he wants to get into. Right? But yes, absolutely. So yes, thank you very much to our lovely sponsors, both in Berea. And speaking of Berea, I made that drive again today, Trizen. Beautiful spring day. We won't give the day because we're never certain when the show will air, but spring is here. They've started this meteorological spring. So when we, you and I were young, me older than you, but when, you know, the seasons were, see if I can get this right now. We'll start... So winter was December 21st to March 21st. Spring was March 21st to June 21st. Summer was June 21st to September 21st. Fall was September 21st to December 21st. But now they've moved to this meteorological. So May 1st starts spring. June 1st starts summer. September 1st starts fall. Are you familiar with this? Not at all. and And they call it the meteorological seasons, which kind of make more sense so they break it up they, they've sort of have forewent or foregone the 21st dates and moved everything back so instead of march 21st starting spring it's it's march 1st instead of june 21st starting summer it's june 1st that kind of thing but i don't know that's like the equinox and all that so i don't know if you can just make those changes randomly bill mech right. explains it in great detail it's pretty fascinating yeah. i'm like you i meteorological was... spring is what yeah. he calls it meteorological okay. summer interesting yeah yeah well, so you, we're you taught me something we're sort of in spring now because it is a beautiful day driving down the 12 miles, 15 miles, whatever, Richmond, Berea. I know I say it every time, but just so beautiful. And in another two or three weeks, all that Kentucky springtime, the red buds and the dogwoods and the flowering, this, that, and the other. And it really is a beautiful state in the spring. No question. Oh, my gosh. I can't so wait. pretty. I can't wait till everything's green again. I just like the smell of cut grass and trees. I agree. But isn't it amazing? The views that you get that winter view. And that's part of that drive. You see so much more that, that Vista, as they call it, is so much wider when, when the trees aren't yet in. That is true. You see a hell of a lot more. Yeah. No, that's a good point. All All right. So hidden houses. We're going to move from all of this into just strict old politics because we talked a little bit last night in the interest of full disclosure, and we haven't really done a political show in probably 15 or 20 episodes. We're just going to jump in and, 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 and politic it. Let's make everybody mad again. Make America angry again. Are you drinking chocolate milk? No, this is a protein shake, a caramel high-performance protein shake. We call it sludge after a Netflix show I just watched Okay, called uh, Murderville. I don't know why I always Any do shout-outs to these shows. But, yeah, it's pretty funny. Huh? It's Yeah, it's a hilarious, like, improv God, there's a lot show. on, isn't there? 
Oh, see, just if you have that fire stick or whatever in those apps and yeah. start scrolling through, it is unbelievable. Like it's got to be a great time to be an actor or actress. I would, well, I would think there's a lot more opportunity. I don't know if folks Seems are getting paid be. as much because, you no, know, maybe I don't know not. If well, a, that could be a YouTube show is going to pay as much as an NBC prime. Well, that's show, probably but, very true, but there is at least the opportunity probably to get seen a lot more. And by the way, our studio kind of sits down a little hill here on uh, Broadway. And I had gotten here first this morning and was walking up the sidewalk and I heard Trisden before I saw him. You were bumping brother. There was something just, yeah. he's, he drives a, a convertible. So the top was down and. I just kind of like, uh, you, you know, the profiling. <laughs> ah, here comes some jag-off kid. Oh, it's Trisden. Hey, just man, me. what's happening? Just pretending to be that. <laughs> yeah, no roof, you know. So I was telling telling our producer, Troy, is uh, you forget with no roof that everybody has access to the sounds emanating from your vehicle. So It's yeah. an old Dennis Miller line. You know, I always say when he was still funny before he got scared <laughs> after September 11th. But Miller said, I listen to a lot of rap and hip-hop, mostly at stoplights and intersections. <laughs> you know, so... Yeah, that's accurate. All right, so you start us down the road of politics. Oh, I'm my not gosh. sure whose idea it was. Uh, you know, the State of the Union was recently, so there's that that we could talk about and just all this freaking ongoing tragedy, really, in Ukraine and Russia. And, you know, what do you think, man? Well, I don't know. I think I agree with 98% of Americans uh, seeing all this, the, the coverage of the Ukraine-Russia war. And, and it is unfortunate that probably when people listen to this episode, there will probably be a lot of developments because we're probably a week away from this episode right. dropping, week and a half. Right. But uh, you know what? The, the first thing that comes to mind with Ukraine is the courage of those people. Right. Jesus Christ. Right. Like I think Putin thought he would sort of walk in there and people so. would just come out with white flags. And those people are fucking fighting for their freedom. I mean, 60-year-old people, you know, Kids coming out just, you know, I'm going to Zelensky, the president, oh my a God. former comedian. Yeah. Because John, I saw John Stewart on and somebody said, John, tell us about, you know, President Zelensky in Ukraine. And, you know, Stewart, he's just one of the best ever and so self-effacing. And he's like, look, I am a comedian. I know a lot of comedians. This is not what comedians do. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. We're on the train out. We're comedians, for God's sakes. And it was funny. But, you know, he is just standing there with that middle finger up. The now, balls of that guy. You know. He may Tristan pay with his life. I hope and pray he doesn't. He may, but Jesus Christ, he's Captain Ukraine. Really? And I it mean, does feel like he's going to be legend. Yeah, it really does. If I he mean, doesn't leave. And again, I think that's, man, to put yourself in his shoes and think, man, would I take myself and my family and go to safety? Or am I just going to stand here and wait for this superpower to come in? I mean, it's. You know, for him to just stand there and say, no, I'm going to be here with the country. Jesus Christ. I mean, historically, that's what leaders do. They get the hell out right. and then they come back. I mean, this is really an exception. The rule right. is they jump on a plane, a train, whatever. They take the out. You know, apparently we, the United States, offered him an out. We did. They, okay. And he said, no, I need. I don't need a ride. I need ammunition, right? Yeah. I mean, just big, big cojones. Yeah. A former comedian. Yeah. Golly. Good no, for comedians. So, I, I say get Colbert to run. Shit, Colbert needs to run in 24. The, you, if this is the president. We do have some comedians, I think, that could step in. I always liked uh, John Stewart. I think he's got his finger on the pulse of uh, both sides. Even You know, he, he's a left guy. He'd run as a Democrat. But, you know, no question, fighting for the 9-11 uh, first responders and fighting for the police. You know, he's done a lot of things that just help society. So, you know, I respect the shit out of guys like Well, that. now he's fighting for that fire pit thing that uh, Biden, right. Biden referenced in, in his speech that most of us didn't even know. So best I can figure is this is our side, the right. good guys, the Americans, gather up all this shit, throw it into a pit, and just 
put diesel fuel on top and fucking incinerate it. Right. And you're there next to it, just breathing this shit in oh for however God. long you do. And it doesn't end well for a lot of guys. Right. I mean, how whether, could it? You know, whether or not Bo Biden, you know, his dad can't say yes or no, but it's something. And, and, and there seems to be this movement now of, A, we've got to stop doing this. And B, these guys and girls that were close to that for long periods of time need some help and some treatment. Absolutely. And Stewart's on that bandwagon now. Yeah, yeah. he really has been an activist and certainly not just left wing. Right. No, no, that's it. I, I think a lot of these things that he's taken on is certainly very just pro-America, the pro the right thing to do. I mean, taking care of 9-11 first responders is just always going to be the right thing to do. Right. Taking care of our veterans, always yeah. going to be the right thing. Absolutely. You know, because and this is a, a bit of a sidebar, but, you know, people are shitting on Russia right now. Here's here's a, a, a thing. You you know, hate Putin and you, you can hate this government, but you do kind of feel bad for those kids that they've got. I mean, they didn't know what they were getting into. In the a soldiers lot of ways. that the were soldiers. sent over? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Well, so. apparently some are like deserting and saying F this and, yeah. and, 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 and intentionally running their vehicles out of fuel and pouring fuel out and right. and all of that I don't think Putin had any um, had any inkling of. Now the scary sure. thing Tristan is there's some history with Putin. I think the city is maybe Aleppo, something like that in Syria where the resistance was pretty strong cuz you know uh, uh, Assad lobbied Putin and he brought Russian troops in when that civil war broke out. And yeah. it's largely the reason he's still in power, that horrible dictator yeah. because Putin helped him out and they were pretty successfully resistant for a time. And he essentially just surrounded the city and absolutely annihilated it. Now, this is not people he shares blood with as the Ukrainians are. So might he be a little more hesitant to do such perhaps, but he doesn't want to look like he's, losing or, you know, doesn't want egg on his face and what will he do? And of course the ultimate God forbid would be lobbing one of these tactical nukes as they call it, right. which I assume with no real knowledge of this, it's not, you know, there's levels of nuclear weapons. This assume. is something that's a little more strategic that only blows up half the town instead of the whole GD town. Yeah. But once that happens, Tristan, I don't care if it's Trump, Biden, Bush, Clinton, whoever the president is, what do you do if there's a tactical nuclear weapon used? I mean, Christ almighty, that's really, it's on now, right? That's the great question. And one would think, yeah. I mean, that is frightening. Is this guy, I mean, certainly you know what, you you have to have in your head what the potential end result of that move is, no? I would think, but they've said it, and I'm seeing a lot of, you know, in news media, who knows, but I've just been seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of critiques of Putin lately that have said like he's been extremely isolated for the last few years, ex like since COVID, extremely not listening to his uh, who to his folks, like almost that he's uh, going off the deep end a little bit. So it does make you wonder if he cares at this point. Or well, have you seen just... those bizarre pictures of the giant table yeah. where he's sitting at one end? There's 30 feet between him and like the six advisors. What the hell is that? Weird, man. It's very weird. strange. Yeah. So if you've got that, I mean, God, Jesus Christ, I don't know. You know, and I think Biden did the right thing by not putting our uh, nukes on high alert, however that works, because you don't want to up that ante. So for now, he's, you know, this is a, this is a, you know, a threat that he's making and it's no more than that. But Jesus, you have to wonder, don't you? You really do. Yeah, it's a scary time. I mean, I think that's one of those things that the more you think about it, you know. Very scary. Very I mean, not shit, good. At some point, I guess, with all the weapons that there are. They get used, you know, it's biblical, Armageddon, so on and so forth. You don't want to go too crazy with all those kind of metaphors. But 
This is pretty close again. Cuban Missile Crisis was very close. I was two. You weren't born yet. But if you read that history, it was Scary. both countries on high alert and ready to go. Yeah. And Jesus Christ, I think since then, now 60 years later, um, we're pretty effing close again, those two countries, uh, us two countries. It's ugly. Up. It really is. Scary ugly. Very much so. And and to wonder what that type of war would do to the world, you know, I mean, you just have to assume it would be. Go to Australia? Banks collapsing. Oh, I mean, just, every, you know, people with no food and all over the world <sighs> would just be ugly. So little bit of silver lining to everything. There seemed to be some bipartisanship with his speech when he was talking about Russia and standing up against them. Republicans got up and gave him a round of applause, Biden. So maybe the first damn thing in forever is we've got a little bit of agreement with Republicans and Democrats that Putin is uh, kind of a piece of shit. Well, it's funny you bring that up, Ray, because we went from, uh, you know, I think until... What, 2016? We were all on the same page with Russia. You know, I think Ronald Reagan made it in vogue to really hate Russia. Yeah, and Trump sort of came in and, you know, correct me on Facebook, guys, if I'm completely wrong, but he sort of glamorized. Oh, he's a smart man. He's a great leader. He's a genius. And, you know, even up until like a week or two ago, Tucker Carlson, you know, hey, guys, they're not trying to, you know, tell you which bathrooms to go to. Like, I love Russia. You know, this is... And that's weird. Like that was some weird stuff. And I think Trump even this week uh, referred to Putin as a genius. Yeah. I think maybe it was last week, but yeah. Okay. And I, it's, it is weird to see. And I think the Republican party to a degree is coming back from that. They're not with that. And I appreciate that. So I don't want to paint my Republican friends with that brush, but there was some element. And you do see that more in the, like the Trump element. And it does make you question what the point of that is. Like, what does Building up a strongman like that, an evil, murderous dictator, what what benefit do you have? Well, to do Tristan, that? I think it goes to that question that I've asked, and I don't know that I've ever asked it on our on our show yet. Maybe I have. If so, I'll repeat it. But I know I've sent it in text, and the question essentially is: it's a twofold question. First, I. I think somewhere down the road, we're going to have to figure out what the appeal to Donald Trump was, who he was appealing to, what it was he was appealing to. I think we're still too in the moment. That's historians, maybe 25, 50, 100 years. The other question, which I think may be more important and maybe the only important question right now, other than will this idiot in the Kremlin ever use nukes, is how many people in America would be willing to give up a liberty, a liberty, several liberties, or all their liberties for an authoritarian figure who represented their views perfectly, which is to say that there are people, and I know them and you know them, who still think homosexuality is an abomination, but they're kind of holding their nose and going along with it. They still think interracial marriage and so forth is an abomination, but they kind of grin and bear it. They think the transgender issue is crazy, and so on and so forth. So if somebody came along and said, we're going to, this is a d- democracy, so we can't, you know, outlaw anything without the vote, but I'm going to stand up and work against that democracy to outlaw these things. I'm more of an autocrat, but I'm going to get these things done on your behalf. How many people would say right on? That's my guy. Sadly, uh, more than there should be. Left and right? Because I've got, Ooh, a, sister, I've got a, a sister. Good question. I've got a sister in New Jersey who will tell you, you know, AOC wants one party rule. So you've got Republicans and right wingers who think that Democrats only want a one party rule. So that's so I said to her, so so you believe then that those people want an autocracy because one party rule is a fucking autocracy by definition. That's what it is. So if people on the right think that AOC wants to rule only 
in one way. And people on the left think that, you know, the Trumpies, because let's face it, they've got some precedent with January 6th. What was January 6th, if not an attempt to overturn a democratic election. That's what's scary. So they're a little ahead of the left, I have to say, the people on the right, because they actually had an insurrection. But that was to get someone who they agreed with to stay in power, was it not? Absolutely. Um, no, and or who agreed with them? Right, and tr- Trump takes blame for that. Uh, not all the blame. I mean, again, we have to be able to to look at actual facts and how uh, elections turn out, and be able to trust that as we always have in America. I know it's hard sometimes when our guy doesn't win, but I think, yeah, when you're trying to go flip an election, that's definitely saying I would rather have my side win than the freedom to have my vote count. Exactly. And, and I, that's autocracy, right? Correct. Yes. And, and there's no, I mean, again, I want to fight for all the laws and all the things that I like and that I want in America. That's what's great about America. But when the other party wins and, and I'm sitting it out for four years going, man, I can't wait to vote again. I'm not mad that you know, I might be disappointed at the policy, but I'm so freaking happy that we're in a country where, you know, the majority very often wins. But so, we seem to be moving away from that. And as my brother likes to say, buzz, because I've been buzzed to my family forever. I've had two different lives. I was buzzed in New Jersey and Ray in Kentucky. And you're buzzed during and, the and podcast. And I'm often buzzed during the podcast, which which <laughs> now was, here we go, slightly off topic, our digression. <laughs> Went to high school with a dude named Rich Babinski, who, may he rest in peace, he died too young. But he was Spicoli. He was Spicoli nice. from Fast Times. He just was. And he used to be like, man, that is the greatest nickname, man. I know you got that because you're high all the time. I wish my nickname was buzz but tommy will say to me buzz democracy's end we've had a pretty good run we may be seeing the end of american democracy it may just be enough people now at a point where they say too much freedom and 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 here's the thing tristan what is it so i said the most important question is how many people would support an autocrat maybe just as important a question and this i know we've asked on this show and i know you and i have talked about it and we've asked people about it and it's such a difficult one the mistrust and the distrust. Why do folks in middle America distrust so people in the New York, Washington, D.C., um, you know, liberal elites and the Holly weirdos? And why do the Holly weirdos and the liberal elites refer to this as flyover country? Now, when Tony Perkins was here, he said, Dis- because they dismiss me, which is a fair answer. You know, that was Hillary's deplorables remark. Right. But there is so much fucking mistrust and distrust. So... If you're a friend of mine whose name I won't mention folks, he talks about them often, who are country people from Jackson, Kentucky. They've moved to Lexington. They've made a nice life, but these are country folks, and they do find um, those things I talked about before not right, be it homosexuality, interracial marriage, certainly the transgender issue. Do you feel that the left is ruining the country by pushing those issues. Oh. If, if you're that person. Well, I definitely think they market to those people pretty well. The right, the Republicans. The right makes a, yeah, they, I don't feel like, okay, to that point, I know a ton of Republicans as you do too. Most Republicans I know are all for interracial marriage. Um, I, I, I include that only because it's one that was an issue. I think that's less and less of an issue. Yeah. I, abortion is one I, I should Certainly. I haven't mentioned yet and probably yeah. should have. Abortion probably overrides all of what I just said. Right. So if you're that conservative person who's who's sort of 
been raised in a rural way. Do you just think that Pelosi and and Biden and Obama and, and the Clintons are just literally out to ruin what your belief system is and that they're not entitling you to that belief system? So fuck it. I'm just going to pick the autocrat because democracy hasn't worked because they've shoved this stuff down my throat and I don't like it. And when I voice my dissent, all they do is dismiss me and call me a deplorable. Well, I will, I will say, I think I have a lot of friends and you probably do too, that if it was, you could choose between an autocrat and completely ending all abortions or continue the way we are just in an open free society. There's a lot of my friends that would choose the autocrat with an into abortion. Really? I believe that. I, now, I could be wrong, and I'll do a straw poll because that's never a question I've asked. Isn't that a little frightening? It's very frightening. Yeah, but I mean, I think there's a lot of really fundamental people, again, and I think that's it's why abortion to a lot of folks that I know is the end-all issue. It's the one issue that... You know, anything you could say that Donald Trump did that you didn't like or anything that the Republican Party, uh, you know, did or whatever you can. The the what about ism? The what about is always I will never be able to vote for. abortion. So that might be the easiest way to highlight it. And and I apologize for having made an example twice and not used abortion. I used uh, homosexuality and I used race relations and I used the transgender issue. But if I'm hearing you, you're saying in an answer to this autocracy question, that there is not an insignificant number of Americans for who, if they had a candidate who said, regardless of what the Supreme Court rules, which I know all this, these are hypotheticals because of the way the system works, but I will outlaw abortion tomorrow, no questions asked. He, she would have full support of many people, regardless of consequences. Now, it, yeah, and now that might only be 20% of the people you know, I'm sure a bulk of those would be evangelical Republicans. You know, I'm sure a, a lot of Republicans would still say, no, I'll take my freedom over, you know, having exactly what I want. But no, I I, I think, again, straw poll, maybe something I would have asked on Facebook if I'd known in advance. But I do think there's a significant number of people that would say, and that's the reason they vote. It's it's to end abortion. I mean, that is the thing. It To them, it is absolute murder and they can't stomach it. You know, and just everything is less bad. But they don't understand that the way democracy works works is exactly what you explained before. My guy, my gal doesn't always win, but but the beauty of the system is that we get a second chance two years later or four years later, and then maybe that time we can win because otherwise it's autocracy. And and I think democracy is better, no? Uh, well, certainly I do. I think most rational people, I think most of your folks in the middle, of course, uh, would agree with that. But I think January 6th proved something that maybe we all sort of either ignored or didn't think was a reality, which was that a lot of people just want to win. And I think, too, in 2022, people want instant gratification. They don't want your guy to win in four years or two years. They want everything they want right now. So maybe there's a little bit of that and maybe a little bit of misinformation, a little bit of, you know, what Trump said as far as uh, we really won and they're stealing it and go out there and fight, whatever. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of people that want their guy and that's what they want or their gal, irregardless of anything else. And what about that question of they're ruining my country and God damn it, I've got to stop that. 
as far as as far as they're pushing abortion down my throat, they're pushing transgender down my throat, they're pushing uh, you know they already won the homosexual issue, uh, you know interracial marriage that seems to be, have been settled, and and those these these are things that that I don't like, but they don't care about my opinion, so I all I can do is just stick the middle finger up at them. Well, there's is, there's no negotiating anymore. There's no democracy. There can only be autocracy. Well, but sometimes the majority is going to rule on some of these issues. I, you know, I think most people were fine with homosexuals being with the person they wanted to be with. Just like, you know, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, people were fine with people marrying who they wanted to marry as long as they were, you know, 16 and of sound mind. And, you know, regardless of nationality, color, creed, religion, et cetera. So, I mean, I think sometimes society is just going to leave us as we get older. And, you know, like uh, the majority, like when Obama was president in the beginning, he wasn't pro gay marriage. By the end of his term, he evolved. He evolved, or you know, thanks to Joe Biden, or politically, he evolved. You know, whatever, whatever. If you the remember, reason. it was Biden who was out front on that issue. Biden pushed Very true. Obama. Yeah, absolutely yeah. true. But Tristan, uh, culture wars is what we're talking about, but, and and they well, don't go away. What do the Democrats do wrong though? Should they just be having the conversation more? Because I mean, sometimes look, people are just going to win on these issues. Sometimes it's just politically expedient, better for the country that sometimes some of these progressive things are going to happen. But see, you just referenced Tucker Carlson, and I know you were slightly tongue-in-cheek, but only slightly. You know, Russia, they're not forcing transgender on us. This is what the right does. They're fucking so skillful at it. Did you see the Governor Reynolds from Iowa's retort to the State of the Union? It was about, I don't know how long it was, 15 minutes. It was about two minutes of, here's what President Biden said wrong, and it was 12 minutes of, you know, these liberals are trying to force the nanny state on you. These liberals are trying to get you to do X, Y, Z. And that is where the Republican Party is now. I mean, and I guess it's nothing new. Ronald Reagan turned the word liberal into a pejorative. That's really when I came of age. But, and I don't want to put it all at the hands or feet of the right saying the left is mistrustful and distrustful. They do that. At the same time, the left does say these people here in middle America where you and I are are nothing but deplorables. They're idiots. They've got grass in their teeth. They're barefoot. So how in the fuck do we bring those two things together and try and end all this shit? That's the overriding question, isn't it? It's it's a great question, Ray. Excuse my damn language. (laughs) Well, the unfortunate thing is, is, you know, people like you and I, and you're hearing it more. I think uh, Bill Maher, I don't know if you saw Maher uh, last week talking about how, you know, well, Trump's had some, some my sister bad- tells me he's become a conservative, Buzzy. No, he hasn't become a conservative. He's a pragmatist. Right. So, tr- you know, Trump's had some some lower numbers uh, lately as far as uh, yeah, he has. support. And, and I think what his point was, was like, look, when your friends sort of come back to being Mitt Romney Republicans again, maybe don't be such a fucking, you know, prick to these people, accept them back in the, in the world of reality and not be such an asshole. Right. But no, I I think the, the problem is, is that when we, you and I have this podcast so we can bring people together and have an open conversation and try to see where we come and where we are coming from and humanize each other. The problem is, is the bubble that people are in. You're only hearing this great. Like I've got friends on Facebook all they ever post is this white grievance. They look what they're doing. And it's only that like, we have to be able to indoctrinate each other with some of the real positive middle humanizing stories that will sort of interrupt this bubble in what, what you think. Because I agree. again, if you and I sit and listen to Rachel Maddow, 24 hours a day, look, we're going to have a different point of view than if we try to see both sides. Oh, 100%. The thing we forget is that we are all Americans. We're all human. I mean, we're all basically good people. 
Like we all have a lot of things in common. We all want to be happy. We all want our family fed. We all want, you know, the most opportunity, but we've just started putting each other into these little awful boxes where it's, if you don't get a check mark next to this letter, or if you don't believe this way, you're not even human to me, which, and it's, it's just a, it's a scary way to be. And so hopefully as we're moving forward, we're getting back to a bit of this with Trump's number sliding that we can sort of come back and just not, it's not lion Ted and nicknames for everybody we dislike and, and sort of moving in the direction of Americans and human again. And that whole grievance culture that we now live with, I, I mean, Again, this is going to sound like I'm picking on the right, but Fox News has, uh, Roger Ailes made a cottage industry out of grievance culture. That is what Fox News did very well and still does. Now, people say, well, MSNBC. Yeah, I would say that Ailes was successful enough that there were some imitators. I mean, uh, what's the old uh, line about uh, the sincerest form of uh, compliment is uh, the sincerest form of flattery is imitation, right? Right. So MSNBC comes along. Yeah, they're left-leaning, sort of an answer to Fox. But that was all because Ailes was so skillful at coming up with this network that just constantly did what you were just talking about. If You you just said if you watched Rachel Maddow 24 hours a day, you'd have a different view. Well, that's exactly what the Fox viewer was. I mean, I know people, because my brother and I chuckle about this, and we won't name them, who said, oh, we only... Gives you an idea that this is an older person because of the way they phrase it. We only look at Fox in this house. We only look at Fox in this house. Wow. That's been 25 years. Fox came on board in the mid-90s somewhere, and that's been a thing. Now, yeah, MSNBC certainly is a, you know, what's the word? An opposite of that. They're an antagonist. Yeah, the antithesis of that. Yes, they are. Um, But it was almost necessary. It was almost needed because you had just 24 hours of people on the left are pieces of shit. Yeah. That's what Fox did. That's what Fox does. And I'm fascinated by the fact that I still have people coming up to me that will say, Oh yeah, well with the liberal media. And I just think, man, isn't that an antiquated mindset? Because to me, you've got uh Newsmax, you got Fox news, which for a long time, I don't know the ratings were the absolute number one, News network Which on makes cable. you mainstream media, does it not? Absolutely, right. your mainstream media. Right. So I don't know how people still act like you know every talk radio show in the world or in America is right wing. Like, uh, every successful one, right? You're certainly not tuning in the left wing. You know, well, talk in fact, radio. It died. Air America died. Now, now MSNBC has managed to stay afloat, but they had that whole Air America thing, which is what Rachel Maddow grew out of. Al Franken had a show. Uh, Rachel Maddow had a show. Um, uh, he, he he passed away. Charles Grodin had a show. It was Air America, and they it was going to be left-wing, answer to Limbaugh. It didn't work. Now, you want my opinion on that, which will really piss some of my conservative friends off? <laughs> I got to watch, but it's just my opinion, guys. Tony Perkins and Aaron, this is my opinion. Don't lose Aaron on the first show. No. <laughs> <laughs> Have you gotten the check from him yet? We, we did get okay. the first check. <laughs> All right, so here's my thought. And then feel free, like Tristan says, beat me up on Facebook for this comment. Here's the reason that left-wing radio doesn't work and right-wing does. It's the word you love. It's nuance. Conservatism is not a hard philosophy to explain. Mom, flag, apple pie, go get them, fuck the other guy. Oh, my bad. I, ah, it's Aaron. You son of a <laughs> uh, There goes um, one sponsor. It, it's, not, it's, it's not hard. It's, it's, it's not hard, right? 
lot of nuance to liberalism. You've got to get into a lot of details. It's a lot of stuff. I hate to put it this way, but there's a lot more thinking perhaps. And so when you have to explain it, it just gets mired in detail and people go, oh, fuck, I'm bored of this. It's just easier listening to Limbaugh who gives me the meat and potatoes than it is listening to somebody like me trying to go and explain to you something in detail. And I probably leave myself out because maybe I just don't do that well. But somebody brilliant like Al Franken or Rachel Maddow and, you know, you've watched Maddow. How much detail is in her show? Christ almighty, it is filled with detail. Yeah. Now, I find that pretty fascinating, although I don't watch her much anymore because it does get a little old. But she gives you a lot of facts and figures. I'm not so sure Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, do did. Well, let me and let me throw this at you. Please defend the Republicans. I, I will I will defend the Republicans a little bit. I don't know if this is a defense, but I think it's absolutely true. Man, Tune Don Lemon in for an hour. Uh, he's annoying as hell. And, and, and he's then, annoying as hell. That's very Or, or I'll, I'll tell you, and God, now we're going to pick on two African-American people. Well, I was that, just gonna, Joy, that Joy Reid on MSNBC, unwatchable. Well, unwatchable. It, my point is with almost all of these Democrat shows on Capable, they're not entertaining. Like, to credit Trump, to credit Tucker Carlson, to credit Bill O'Reilly. Limbaugh. Jesus. Limbaugh was entertaining. Oh, Limbaugh, absolutely. Was, like, the show could be entertaining. You're going to sit there with your jaw on the ground listening to the... I mean, I'm sure even Alex Jones, who's a complete whack job. That's fair. You're going to be entertained. Because they're too serious, perhaps? That's what the right will tell you. These well, people are so serious the about left, everything. Yeah, the, well, the left is very serious, and it's definitely, yeah, and they're going to try to spend 20 minutes explaining something to you. Well, that kind of was my point. Yeah. no, That's what I just said. Yeah. Now, are you saying they do that just to freaking annoy you, or, or are you agreeing with me that because of the word you love, nuance, that there's just a lot more nuance to liberalism? It's easier to be mom and apple pie and flags than it is to say, wait a minute. All right, let me tell you a story. True, true story. I'm completely wrong. This is my bad. This is probably Trisden the 14th of September, 2001. And there was a underground secret concert that Springsteen headlined and NBC showed it in New York from like a fucking bunker. I mean, this is three days after the towers drop. Okay. And I go and watch it with a friend of mine, Tony Butler, who was a Marine, a friend of mine, Rex Stockard, who worked with me and Vince in our lawn business, who was a Marine, his brother, Alan, who was a Marine, two of their friends who were, who were Marines. And for whatever reason, Vinny, who wasn't a Marine, wasn't there, though he would have told me, shut up too. So I'm there with five Marines and me. And I realized much too early But we're watching this concert and there's commentary because it's three days ago that the buildings have been knocked down. And I say, I interject politely. Any of you guys ever ask this question? Because I asked myself what it is America might have done to engender the kind of hatred that caused these guys to fly their planes into those buildings. Jesus Christ, what are you, an asshole? How could you ask that kind of a question? So that was the reaction, right? Because my mindset is a little more progressive, and that is what I thought. Like, something had to happen. People don't just sacrifice their lives and drop these two buildings because they do it on a whim. There has to be background to it, nuance, if you will. Those guys, all great guys, every single one of them, the two of them I didn't know, but the three, the two brothers who worked for us and, and Tony, who was a best friend, all proud Marines, they didn't want to hear that shit. And I got that it was too soon. But does that highlight a little bit of the difference I'm talking about? Uh, I don't know. I'm not, <laughs> I guess I'm so blown away by the initial comment. I'm, I'm struggling to 
put it together. Well, I'm looking at it going, these guys are looking at it going, we got to go get these fucking towel heads yeah. and beat them to shit and go over there. And I'm going, hang on a second, hang on a second. It, you ever think about why they might have well, done no, that? I, they don't want the why. That's right. too much nuance. Well, I think your argument is, and then this is something I always go back to. And again, I think people that just overthink things, like if you knew a little kid that was just molested, your initial thought is, man, what happened to them to make them a molester? Because probably something happened in their life. So it's just tough to see a little child that you know, having gone through something and then try to wonder, man, you don't want to feel bad for the person that did it, even though it's probably a fair point that something in their life fucked them up to, to the point that they would do that to somebody else. So, so it's, it's a little bit of the old uh, adage that a liberal is just a conservative who hasn't been mugged. <laughs> well, there could be a little truth there, but no, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's an easier man. Even just the, the baseball strike, it's easy to just say it's millionaires versus billionaires and play fuck fucking em. ball. Right. But yeah, when you start looking at it, it's okay. Well, really it's billionaires versus probably 600 guys who make, you know, $500,000 a year. And then there are a bunch of millionaires that play major league baseball, but it's just fucking easier to swallow millionaires versus billionaires. I hate them all play ball than to really look at it. Well, what do they really want? What, you know, what's going on? It's the Republicans have done a phenomenal job of breaking down almost every issue into very palatable bite-sized slogans and things that are not only easy to understand, but aren't going to put you to sleep to hear less hear nuance. Play. Right. So, yes, always credit to the Republicans for, for figuring out how to market to America better. And when someone like me, like me or other tries to explain something like that, then what happens? They just say, oh, for Christ's sakes, why are you going into all this? Forget about it. They bombed us. Let's go kill him. He's a child molester. Take his life. I mean, I don't care about the reasons why. Yes, that, that's, that, is that part of this divide? Well. That our side asked too many goddamn questions? I mean, it could be, you know, uh, we do. We and, and I say our side, I'm very sympathetic to conservatism. I think it's a wonderful philosophy, Tristan. So much I, of my life, too. so much of yeah. my life is conservative. Married 33 years. Uh, kids are the most important thing to me. Went to work every day of my life. Pretty fiscally, quite fiscally conservative. Teach I me mean, that. So, so much of my life is conservative, which is, a, which is the great paradox for me. But I do struggle with that want to, or that lack of want to ask questions about things, to be curious, to wonder, it, was I wrong? I know time and place. I was wrong to ask on the 14th of, of September, 2001 with six Marines and, 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 and me, the seventh person. But is it wrong to ask that question generally? Like what has happened that these fucking guys want to kill America and, and, and do kill and did kill Americans and sacrifice their lives to do it? Or is that too, is that an unfair question to ask? No, I think to your point, it, it was unfair timing, but I don't think having these types of conversations, I don't think you're going to, you know, I, I think Bill Maher lost his job for asking a similar question yeah. when he was hosting Politically Incorrect. Yeah. Well, he said it's easier to drop bombs from 11,000 feet than to fly your planes into a building. Boy, nobody was having that. That's nuance. Right. That's why I've always said, which I still say to my sister, it amazes me how similar Maher and I are in our views. I think, A, we're both from New Jersey. 
New Jersey, <laughs> New, New Jersey manufacturers, a lot of intelligent people. Can I just put a plug in? Hey, I can't we, argue that. We're roughly the same age and we grew up in a very similar situation in the suburbs of New York City. And, and, and my views and his are just so, so similar. And yes, he lost his job for saying that. It's easier to drop bombs from 11,000 feet as American pilots were doing after the towers dropped than it is to fly your plane into those buildings. True statement, yes. Lost true, his job for it. Statement. Couldn't again, say it. You, Couldn't, you, that, was, that was fire in a crowded theater, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and you just have to wonder, man, what, and I'm a free speech guy, but you know, when is it, when's the appropriate time to have that well, conversation? Those Marines didn't want my free speech that night. Like, I can tell you that. No, again, <laughs> like I will never go up to the mother of a molested and, child and say again, but what about what happened to your to Uncle that. Dave? That, I, that's you know, fair. No, I get yeah. that, Tristan. But, but please keep in mind too, that I wasn't advocating on behalf of these fucking Arab pricks that sure. killed 3000 people. I knew that one of the deaths was from Pump the Plains, New Jersey, as Angrilli died. I didn't know him, but I knew family members. I wasn't advocating on behalf of him, and of I and I get go over there and kill him. I just took one half step back and said, "Ma'am, what the hell is going on over there that would engender this kind of hatred?" That's all. That's that, now is the right. God, I hate to say this. Is the right not capable of asking a question like that? No, I, th- I think the right is capable of asking that. I don't think. You know, again, I, I think it's the whole looking at the kid after they've been hurt. That's a great, that, and, that's, and you're that's just, a great analogy. And it's just, it doesn't matter enough. You know, it matters somewhere down the line, and you may hear about it later or, you know, whatever. Not on the 14th of September. But not on the 14th of <laughs> September. It's just not, yeah. You know, it, it, I think, again, as, as socialized humans, you just learn there's a point. Some things you just go along with. And for right or wrong, you're just gonna you're just gonna join that crowd. So that is a lesson I need to learn. Sixty <laughs> soon to be sixty two years old. Okay, well that's 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 fair, but that's to me there's a little bit of tension that bubbles up out of that left and right. I, I do. Okay, let me try another thing. <clears throat> Jaeger, our good friend. Yeah, how much time are we doing? We a few minutes. Yeah. All right. So Jaeger has often made this point, Tristan. Journalists are liberal. Yes. Journalists are liberal. You know why journalists are liberal? It's the same reason bankers and con- and and uh, and accountants are conservative, because if you're a conservative person, the attraction of counting money and making money is going to appeal to you. If you are a curious person who asks fucking questions, then journalism is going to appeal to you because that's the essence of journalism is to observe and to ask questions and to dig details out of the story. You have to be pretty open-minded, i.e. liberal, i.e. progressive. Yes, yes, there is a liberal bent to journalism. That is the reason why. Just like there's a liberal, a conservative bent to banking and accounting. That's the way the world works, right? But people want to fight with that and say, oh, no, that doesn't make any sense. Yes, that makes great sense. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good point. Yeah. I mean, again, it's not an absolute truth. It's and not an absolute truth, but yeah. it's 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 the rule, not the exception. Well, and as somebody that works in a newsroom, that certainly seems to be the way that that, that tilts. Yeah. You know, and, and most bankers are pretty fucking conservative. Yeah, I've, I I don't deal God, with I've any. Sworn a yeah. lot on this show. I'm fired up, <laughs> it has man. Been a, a cu- I, me and too, did man. I not say to you in our phone conversation last night? I did. Drizzle will back me up, uh, slightly off topic. I, I, we listened. I want to hear. The only way you get any better doing this is to listen. And I said, I critiqued myself, and I said, man, you stay nice and calm, and I get fired up, and I yell, and I'm embellish, and I'm dramatic. And here, I told myself I was going to come in here today calmly, just talk with you, and all of a sudden, I'm yelling and screaming again. So. That's your personality, man. I don't, guess don't it is, that. man. That's why people can't stand me. <laughs> uh. 
<laughs> well, the ones that liked you before the show are going to struggle with you now. <laughs> uh, man. Oh, shit. Aaron will be on the phone. I, I'm I'm drizzling. I'm done. If you do the show, I'll back you up. Hey, and here's I'll something. You. Thanks. We, we, we've <sighs> talked about uh, so some of the, the, the Republican messaging. One thing I will say going back a week or so ago to Biden's State of the Union address, you know what I heard a lot that really stuck out to me? And I really liked it. Fund the police. Yes. And made in America. Yes. Hard to argue with those things. What Republican can't find a big thumbs up for both of those things? You are exactly right. He he specifically said, and, and okay, may I digress again? I'm going to sure. stay calm. I'm going to stay calm. <laughs> stay as calm as you want, Ray. Let me, let me say, uh, to repeat, because I've said this often, and I should just, in interest of full disclosure, I'm in a three-way thread with my very, very conservative, one step away from QAnon sister in New Jersey and my progressive English teaching brother, most well-read person, literally, I know, and it's very interesting. And they're both terribly dug into their positions. I try to be in the middle. I'm more sympathetic to Tommy's views. QAnon a little tough for me. But Reney will repetitively, repetitively, repetitively say what Sean Hannity says, and I assume Carlson says, the Gutfeld kid says, that Joe's addled, that Joe's gone around the bend. Now, how can you watch a 72-minute speech where he says things like, no, not defund, in fact, fund the police, right? And still say, oh, well, he's addled. Well, except for that, he's addled. Bullshit. The, the whole addled thing to me actually costs them the election. Because when you see something that is provably untrue, that is demonstratively untrue, like the guy is addled, and you watch him give a speech and you say, no, he's not. And But you continue to say it, you're going to lose. Yeah, it's ugly. I think we've made the, probably that point on this show several times. But yeah, when you paint somebody as the most idiotic nightmare of a human being that can't come out of his basement, that can't pronounce his own name. He's got dementia. And then he comes out and he gives an hour and 20 minute speech. Yeah, it's tough to, you know, it kind of exactly. makes you look bad. It, it makes you look bad. You know, and he stutters a bit, but that's a thing. Like he has had a brain issue and he stuttered his entire life. Yes. It's, you know, so again, yeah, people... You know, when you try to paint somebody into this corner of just being completely out of it or he's being the government's run by a shadow government and he just, you know, first of all, if you're going to have a figurehead for the shadow government, you're going to get somebody better than Biden. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, yeah, I think that's that's a mistake in marketing on their part. Yeah, I think it is. That's exactly right. And when it's provably false, you start to lose credibility when you just continue to say it. Yeah, you know, it just becomes an eye roll. Oh, Jesus, here they go again. Right. And yeah. again, I, I go back to defund the police. Great idea. Horrible messaging. If you'd said instead, let's well, fund social well, workers hang on, and hang keep on. police safe. Hang on, though. Nuance. Great idea from the standpoint of. Yeah, of, from the standpoint of keeping police safer by having them not respond to situations that they don't need to be responding to. Mental health situations, things they're not trained to do. Let's keep the police safe while also keeping somebody with, I don't know, Down syndrome is the first thing that pops into my mind or something where they're just, you know, where they maybe lose a little control or, you know, are maybe more aggressive. So I don't know. So don't hold Down syndrome against me. I'm not sure. But if you have somebody more trained for those situations, the, the cop safer, you know, the, the kid or the person with the issue safer. Look, that's a great idea. But calling it defund the police is, again, idiotic like, messaging, the stupidest marketing. It makes no sense. Right. So, so I think what Joe did, and I'm sure Joe in a private conversation is Was all like, for what it. the hell? Right. It's just not, you know, it's not good politics. And at the end of the day, these people need to get elected and that's their job. So, of course, saying something as stupid as defund the police 
without the background because nobody wants to sit through a 30 minute Rachel Maddow while she explains what it actually means. You just hear the term. There you go. Yeah. And why does nobody want to sit through that, Tristan? Well, I, I mean, for one, our attention spans in 2022 are, are you know, insanely low. And, and So second, people like me and Rachel are found to be painfully boring is what you're saying. Uh, th- there's some boringness there, but <laughs> but here's... <laughs> yes, right. I enjoy our conversations. <laughs> but no, I, I don't think people are also that invested in politics. Like what percentage of the American public is even as invested as I am, which I would say well, low to midland. They're certainly passionate. I mean, yeah. again, if you're willing to storm a Capitol, then by God, you better be able to defend a, why you did it, defend your position. But, do you, but are they? Well, Can they? I, do, I, I would hope so. You know, oh. Tristan, I, I've, I've often said this. I think the way that you should vote is you should walk into the polling place and yell out Trump, yell out Biden, yell out Clinton, yell it out. Be proud of it. But you know what? I think, and obviously there's logistics with this, and I say it's slightly tongue in cheek. But a part of the reason why the vote is secret is because, God forbid, people have to be asked why they voted a particular way because they don't know. They don't have a good reason. I, I, as you, can explain exactly why I voted for someone and against someone else. Don't want to break my arm patting myself on the back or you, but maybe that's just a small minority. You know what? Of course, there's a lot of people that can explain their vote. But, yeah, I'd say, I mean, I'm pulling this out. This is my opinion. I would don't say, pull anything out, man. Please. Uh, just one thing. Let me just whip this out. I'm just going to whip it out. Just don't bite it. Fifty percent of the people probably are very uneducated in their politics. Fifty percent of the people, it's well, I saw a Facebook meme that tells me I like this guy, or the my high school boyfriend liked this guy, and I, all I see is Facebook, you know, posts about him. So that's what I'm going to vote for. Now, I think that's uh, I think that's fairly accurate, and I think that's very sad. Very sad. So, but, but it's been ever thus, you think? I don't know. It, yeah. it feels Social that media, way. Yeah, it feels that way. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it definitely Social just media feels like has, has probably accelerated it, but it feels that way. All right. So we got, I don't know, 10 minutes left. So can we end on a nicety now that I've pissed everybody off? And, and I, you know, I'm, I've pissed conservatives off. I might as well piss off liberals. They're annoying as shit. Can I give you another example? Sure. Okay. Tommy will remember this. We got to get him on too, my brother. I, I would love that. Pretty faithful listener. And he's, you know, he's like, what am I going to talk about? I, what do we talk about? Shit, whatever. <laughs> Tommy and I are up in Vermont. Most progressive. But I, I love it. I, if I, Patty wouldn't go because the winter's too long, but it's my favorite state. Burlington, Vermont, ever been? Yes. Uh, greatest little city in America. It, it really is. It's not a big city, but it's just a wonderful place, a wonderful vibe. Good folks. Bernie country. Love Vermont. Very European. Little fact about Vermont, don't quote me on it, you can Google it, but I believe Vermont has the highest number of people with, the the largest number of people with higher degrees of education, i.e. college or beyond, you know, master's, and the least religious of the 50 states. Interesting. Now, is there a correlation there? That's up for you. I can just give you the info. I'm like Malcolm Gladwell. I just give you the info and then you do with that info what you want. But almost European, right? Interesting, yeah. Yeah. We're up there at... um, uh, we had gone to Dartmouth where Tommy's son had played football at Yale and there was a game at Dartmouth. And so we went to Dartmouth and just over the river, you're into Vermont from New Hampshire. And we're up there touring. And it's a beautiful place called Geechee Gorge, this beautiful gorge. And there's shops and there's an ice cream place. So my brother and I, the two wives are off doing some shopping and it's too early for a beer. So I say, hey, let's try some famous ice cream. So we walk in and this old kind of hippie looking chick is behind the bar just Tommy and I, and I say, 
Well, I hope your ice cream is at least as good as Ben and Jerry's. Trisden, she goes off. Do you not understand that they sold out, that they are nothing but corporate entities now? How dare you bring them up? And she goes on this fucking tirade. I don't say a word to her. We get our ice cream and I leave and I say to my brother, now there's your problem with lefties. That's why people can't stand them. Because you get inundated with this left-wing craziness of how dare you eat Ben and Jerry's? Do you know their corporate policy? Very, very annoying, (laughs) right? Fair. Yes. Yeah. True story. Yeah, no, I, I, and I think the liberals take some uh, some heat that they don't deserve, but man, some of it well deserved. Absolutely, and something like that. You, yeah, you're rarely ever going to get a Republican that's just going to yes. wear you out for eating the wrong food. That's very true. Almost never. That's, yeah, there you go. Oh, you're you know your your <laughs> venison isn't procured by the that's right. <laughs> never going to be a there you go. Never gonna that's be a, a great difference right there. Yeah. Okay. Hey, so here's a, so so I've got the Bad Wolf Gaming top ten list. Okay. Um, I also have one little bit of silver lining here before we go since we've probably made 50 people mad uh no i have you haven't <laughs> i try to keep it neutral yeah. you're closer to retirement than me <laughs> yes <laughs> uh covid kind of overish and going over-ish. that way overish yes you know what god damn Putin, we couldn't have one year before World War Three after COVID. <laughs> we couldn't Son enjoy the rest of twenty two. We just have mad? a fucking week without either gonna die from COVID or a nuke. That's a great point. Jesus Christ, Putin! <laughs> ah, shit. Yeah, anyway, that's a great point. So hopefully, at least there's a little bit of silver lining <laughs> as the masking seems to be going away a bit, and uh, the, all the numbers are falling across the board. So that's nice. So. Here, here's a challenge for you, Ray. If you want to do this while I'm doing the Bad Wolf Gaming top ten list here, um, I think we should. You should do a little segment for Aaron at Bria Pond. If you think of a good joke that you want to tell on air, I know you've got some good jokes. Okay. Tell a tell a joke, and that'll be the Bria Pond joke of the All day. Right. Okay. All right. Bria so, Pond joke of the day. That's so, cool. So if you want to think of that, well, I, I do the the, the top <laughs> ten list here. So, of course, we mentioned Bad Wolf Gaming. Our friends, give them a call, 859-646-6061. Even if you're not into Dungeons & Dragons, they've got Go Play Monopoly. It's a pretty cool place. Yeah, like oh, very cool. Really very, well very done. Cool, yes. Check it out. There's probably something. If you've got a family or you're just looking for something social in Berea, you're probably going to really enjoy Bad Wolf Gaming. So check them out. So this is a little bit that I will, uh, you know, I give them the sponsorship for it, although they probably cringe and and think, ah, A, that's not funny, and B, I don't want to be associated with that. <laughs> Sorry, Bad Wolf, you're a part of my lame top 10 list. So top 10 excuses, Donald Trump's numbers are down this week. Okay. So there's there's been some excuses from the Trump home office as to why the numbers are down. Number 10. Now you're talking his polling numbers. His polling okay. numbers have, have shown that he's losing some base support. Okay. So uh, and these are the reasons why. Number 10, orange is so very 2021. <laughs> Number nine, and this one's true, he's now pro-vaccine. Yeah. So I think that honestly may have hurt the numbers. So the rest are jokes. That one may be true. He's now pro-vaccine, which good for him. Right. But also probably hurting him a little bit with the base. Right. Number eight, people prefer presidents who didn't lose the election. Yes. Yeah. Number seven, Putin's been too busy to fix them. Wow. Putin a little busy to fix the numbers. They're a little bit down. Uh, Number six, since JFK Jr. won't be seen in public with him, he has no running mate in 2024. (laughs) So that's always going to hurt when you're running, mate. Too good to show himself and uh, and campaign with you. Number five, most of his base switched support to Brandon. 
That's unfortunate. Nice. Let's go. Let's go, Brandon. Number four, accidentally flushed better numbers oh. down Mar-a-Lago toilet. Oh. Uh, see, that's oh. so the numbers Bado-bo. were better, but they accidentally uh. flushed them down the Mar-a-Lago. Uh. Uh, number three, <laughs> the polling was all conducted by Rosie O'Donnell. Yes. Uh, yes. That's always going to hurt. Rosie. Yeah. Fat pig. <laughs> number two, America finally sick of winning. Could yeah, That's be. why the numbers are that down. That could be. And the number one reason Trump's wait, numbers wait, 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 are down. Oh, terrible. the pollsters graduated from Trump University. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. What a shame. Those are great. That flushing down the toilet stuff is bizarre. Does man not know they're shredders now? Man, the hell? right? You're, you're, you're one Russian you know, sewer worker away from having all the secrets, for Christ's sake. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> they just send one guy. Oh, which Jesus. to me seems more dangerous than Hillary's open server, but maybe that's for, for debate yes. on another show. Yeah. Down Don't the flush top secret documents, Donald uh, Trump. I, I'll tell you what. I, I won't go into a long-winded joke. I'll tell you my favorite cute joke, all right? No, this and, is and favorite this is, cute joke brought to you by Berea Pond at 107 Clay Drive. Check out everything at Berea Pond. And that's what I was going to say. Tell Aaron and, you heard the podcast. And Aaron, you can and come he'll back. he'll give you five free dollars in credit. Is that right? No. no. But you can, I'll tell you what. <laughs> if somebody comes in there, give them five bucks, Aaron, I'll pay you back. <laughs> he goes, so five dollars no. in free credit at Berea Pond that Tristan will Troy, pay Aaron back. <laughs> Troy can't edit. Wow. I go, is that true? He goes, eh, no, nah, I don't know. Aaron's like, Jesus, you insulted my freaking political views. Now you're giving my business away. I'm uh, done. Man. So, Aaron, you can come back anytime to defend yourselves. All right. So, brought to you by, um, by Berea Pond. This is, it's short and it's cute, and I always love it. Two old guys. They're friends for a long time. They're sitting on a park bench in uh, sitting or shitting in Florida. No, they're sitting on okay. a park bench, and uh, one guy says, "Man, he says, Joe, I got this hearing aid, and I cannot believe how good it is. You know, my wife's been telling me for years I need it. I ignored her, you know, and I finally got this thing, and I literally hear everything. It is the best thing that I have ever done, and I only wish I would have done it years ago." And his buddy says, "Really? What kind is it?" He goes, about 230. <laughs> <laughs> That's <fun>. Nice. That's <laughs> pretty good. Because he still couldn't hear. Yeah. Oh, nice. All right. So thank you, Bad Wolf. Thank you, Berea, Dan and Nasa, Bad Wolf, and uh, and Dustin, and um, and of course our buddy Aaron. And Robin. Who? Aaron and Robin will be there to to, to Aaron and Robin, you. okay. Yeah. Haven't yeah. met Robin. Great. You gotta meet Robin. And you gotta swing by soon. When you Absolutely. Get a yeah, Absolutely. Aaron and Robin. Yes. Actually, uh I tried to take them out to dinner last week and they insisted on leaving the tip, which sort of probably left more than the meal. So oh, that's funny. Yeah, so it was really nice, but Which next, is right up your alley. Well, I'm gonna insist <laughs> next time that I'm I'm yeah, gonna leave. I don't leave know if people tip. know you grew up poor. <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> I, I forgot. All right, so. so what did we do this hour? I, I you know, we got a little heated. I, I got a little heated. You, you keep kept it calm, but uh, it was just, you know, we hadn't talked politics in a while, and it's, you know, you say um, people aren't very um, astute or involved. You know, thing is, man, it's not going anywhere. You can't really get away from. It. I mean, you can and ignore it, but these issues aren't going away. The culture war is not going away. It's going to be part of the twenty-two campaign. It's going to be part of the twenty-four campaign. Culture war not going away. That's true. No. Yeah. So thanks, Troy. Thanks, Nate at Stoveleg. Thanks uh, again to our sponsors. You're very appreciated. And if you're listening, you also have an extra couple grand that you want to throw our way. Ray and I, I'm sure, will we'll use it productively. We will. All right. Hey, have a great week. Talk to you guys next week. Indeed. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Tristan and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week. 